Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. This series out in advance thinking we'd be on uh, Mother's Day. I didn't check the calendar what the day would be. And it just so happens that we're in a series called Enemies. I don't know how that works out. Now, if this was Mother-in-Law's Day, uh, no, nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. My mother-in-law was in first service, so I'm dead because I used the same joke. So y'all just wish me well. Uh, but no, we're in this series. We, we began this series last week. I really sensed that God was saying to us that as a body of believers, our discernment level, are you listening? Our discernment level has to go up. We have to be able to differentiate between who's helping and who's hurting. We got to know who is forced and who, who, not forced, for us and who is against us. And so the only way that that can happen is if our discernment level begins to rise and we begin to see people for who they really are. Because I wished I could tell you this morning that everybody was for you. I wish I could tell you that everybody was going to root for you and everybody was going to be happy when you grow and everybody was going to cheer for you in life and that everything was working together for your good as far as habits and addictions and all that. But the reality is, is that we know that not everybody's our friend. We have enemies. And you remember last week I challenged you as a backdrop. I told you that Ecclesiastes says very clearly that there's a time for peace, but there's also a time for war. And I challenge you to recognize that we are in a season of war where the enemy is trying to come and destroy us and we have to be on guard and we have to be alert and we have to be willing to fight. Joel says it like this. He tells the farmers to go beat your plowshares into spears and, and your pruning hooks into swords and you've got to be ready to go back into battle. So we have to be on guard. I challenged you last week. I told you, that we have become way too comfortable and way too tolerant of our enemies. We let the enemy of our soul hang around because he becomes attractive to us. That's a different take on it, isn't it? But the Bible says that Saul went into battle against the Amalekites after receiving a word from God to kill everything. Everything that was moving was supposed to die. And the Bible says that Saul, they left the things that appealed to them alive. I would say to you this morning that some of you have enemies that are assigned to destroy you that have become attractive to you. Those things are slowly and consistently daily destroying your life, but because you're attracted to them, you have refused to destroy them. And I am challenging you that we've got to come back to this place where we're no longer comfortable with our enemies. Because the truth is, is that if we are not careful, what we were supposed to kill will kill us. Y'all ever met anybody that got a word from the Lord about 15, 20 years ago that said get rid of this relationship and they didn't listen and they left that relationship alive in their life and 15 years later they're still in the same place, in the same condition, slowly dying. Oh, y'all are quiet this morning. Y'all awake? Am I preaching that hard already? Some of us have received instructions in our life to destroy, to, if you will, slaughter certain areas of our life and we allow them to stay alive and it slowly destroys us. And so we've got to deal with our enemies, and we deal with them by positioning them for destruction. Anybody delete any friends on Facebook this week? Oh, yeah, I thought so. I got a couple. Yeah, all right. 
Anybody get some phone numbers out of your cell phone this week? People that you know you need to break the influence of their life in your life. That is how we position our enemies for destruction. And then secondly, we pass them by. We keep growing even though they don't want us to grow. We keep praying even though they don't want us to pray. We keep praising even though they don't want us to praise. And as we do that, we pass them by. And then the one I didn't like, we pray for them. I hate that verse of Scripture. Why do we have to pray for our enemies, Jesus? Why, why can't we just beat them up, you know? Like, man, just go out back and, and I'll stab you in the neck. I mean, come on. You're my enemy. And Jesus said, pray for them. And so that's what we've got to do. Well, I want us to go further. The only way that we can effectively deal with our enemy is that we have to get some intelligence training. Uh, we've got to learn some things. We've got to exercise wisdom. In fact, David, I read this statement to you last week in Psalm chapter 119, verse 98. He makes this statement. He said, your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. And so David is saying, you know what? There is this place I can come to where I am wiser than my enemies. I have received intelligence training so that I know how to deal with my enemies more wisely with discernment and understanding. And at that moment, I defeat them because I'm wiser than they are. And then Jesus comes along and he gives us this statement that, again, I don't like because he's speaking to his disciples, but he's also speaking to us. And he teaches us something. He says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Thank you very much, Jesus. Couldn't you just leave that part out and say, I'm not going to let anything hurt you. I'm not going to let anybody ever have a bad day. I'm never going to get you in a dangerous situation. And Jesus comes along and says, no, no, just be aware. I'm sending you out like a sheep right in the, into the midst of wolves. Thanks a lot, Jesus. But then he speaks to how we conduct ourselves because he says, Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Or as it says it in the Message Bible, stay alert. This is hazardous work I'm assigning you. You're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. That's not North Carolina State, by the way, Tari. You're going to be running through a wolf pack, so don't call attention to yourselves. Be as cunning as a snake, inoffensive as a dove. He's telling us that we have to be smart or we will be destroyed. Then he goes on and he teaches us that this journey that we're on through life is going to be a trip. There are going to be days that it's not easy because he precedes his statement about sending you out to sheep among wolves and being as smart as a snake and innocent as a dove, he comes back, or he come, before that, he speaks to his disciples in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, and I'm not going to read it to you verbatim. I just want to summarize. He makes this statement that I don't like because I'm all right with dealing with wolves out there, and I'm all right with dealing with wolves in my neighborhood, but Jesus comes and he makes this statement in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 that I don't like because he says, not only are you going to deal with folks out there, he says there are going to be people that are wolves and they're going to try to influence you and get next to you and infiltrate your lives by shrouding their true identity, by dressing like sheep, looking like sheep, acting like sheep, sounding like sheep. They are, in his terms, wolves in sheep clothing. That means that, like it or not, you can even come to church 
and find wolves. And so they're undercover. And when they're with you, they talk like a sheep, but when they're away from you, they don't talk that way anymore. Now, y'all are quiet this morning. Y'all, y'all all right? Say amen. Somebody just, okay, I just want to make sure you're all right. Okay, I'm going to help you this morning because what we've got to do is we've got to get some intelligence training. We've got to learn some things about us, and we need to learn some things about our enemy so that we will be wise. And so this morning, the first thing I want to tell you is that Jesus tells us that he's going to send us out into the midst of the wolves, but then he teaches us this. He says, be wise. What he does not say is he he does not say, be paranoid. And he does not say, be untouchable. There is a huge difference between being wise and being paranoid or untouchable. See, if, if we go through life and we're living life paranoid or if we see out there that there are people and things that want to hurt us and we close down and curl up in the fetal position and stay in the dark corner of our room, we will never be able to accomplish the purpose and the plan and the destiny of God that He has for our life because He didn't say be paranoid. We cannot go through life, living life, as if everybody is out to get us, even if they are. And we cannot go through life untouchable. Because what happens is if we're not careful, because we see that there are people out there that are not rooting for us, and there are people out there that that don't want to help us, and there may be even people in here that may be out to get us. If we're not careful, what we do is we close down, and we withdraw, and we go into a cocoon. And Jesus says, no, I am sending you right out into the middle of that. Jesus' life teaches us something. You remember the, the account, Jesus is in the garden, he's been praying all night, and a group of soldiers and, and uh, religious people come out to arrest him. There was no question about who the enemies to Jesus were. His disciples had no lack of ability to discern at that moment who was for them and who was against them. It was very clear. They, uh, they discerned immediately that these folks are not out to do Jesus any good. And you remember the story. The Bible says that Peter was a lot like us, and he reacted to enemies like we want to react. He grabbed his sword, and he cut the guy's ear off. Remember? That's what we want to do. I like that passage of Scripture. Yeah, I'll cut you. You know, you hurt me, I'll cut you. That's how Peter responded. But I want you to notice what Jesus did because it teaches us an important lesson. Jesus is standing in front of a wounded man. Jesus is standing in front of an angry man. Jesus is standing in front of a gentleman that now wants to extract revenge and, and is there to do him harm. And we think that the major miracle is that Jesus healed him. That wasn't the major miracle. The major miracle is that Jesus even got close enough to touch him. Because it was a miracle that Jesus would stand in front of a man that now wants to to react and wants to strike back. And he gets so close that he can reach out. And in that moment when he reaches out and heals his ear, he is exposing all of his vital organs to a counter strike. And what he's teaching us is that we've got to live our life like that. Even though there are folks that want to do us harm. Even though there are folks that want to hurt us. We still have to keep reaching out and extending love. And if you're paranoid, everybody is out to get me. If you're untouchable, I won't let anybody close because I'm afraid they'll hurt me. Then you can't live like Jesus. And so we cannot be paranoid. We must be wise. 
But we cannot be paranoid and we cannot be untouchable. The second thing that the reason that being wise is so important is because you need to understand that your enemy has to get close to you in order to destroy you. Your enemy understands that the most painful, destructive type of combat is hand-to-hand combat. And so your enemy understands that in order to do harm to you, I must get close to you. Why do you think wolves dress up like sheep? They're not trying to impress you with their fashion show. They dress like sheep so they can get next to you. They dress like sheep so they can get up into your business and so that you will begin to trust them and you will begin to rely on them. And then they, at that right moment, because they've been assigned by the enemy of our soul to destroy us, at that right moment, they can inflict a fatal blow. Because most often the fatal blow is struck at a close distance. I've I've often said that the, the closer people are, the greater pain they can cause. Jesus understood this. He had a wolf in a sheep's cloak as one of his disciples. Judas got close to him. He needed to be close to him in order to betray him. I got news for you. I don't, I don't know how you live, but the guy that I met one time 20 years ago, he can't hurt me. He don't know me. I don't care what he thinks about me. He can say I'm a bum and I don't care because I don't know him. But the people that I've poured my life into and that are my close confidants and friends, the same statement made by them can bring me to my knees. Because the enemy recognizes that he has to get close in order to destroy you. So we must stay alert and we must stay aware. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that some of you, Let people get too close too quick. I'm going to help somebody right here. You have to use wisdom and test folks. Some of you tell everything that there is to tell about you on your first date. That's stupid, by the way. You don't tell somebody that you just met everything about your life. You don't arm them with information about your life. You don't give them ammunition to destroy your life on the first time that you met them. There are some things that you shouldn't tell folks until you really know whether they're really friends or not. I'm preaching real good right now. Because some of you will tell folks everything. Well, some of you watch a person air and expose another person's dirty laundry for the world to see and you're naive enough to tell them everything about you and expect them not to do that to you. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if they would do that to them, they will do that to you. And you shouldn't trust them. They're not a sheep. They're a wolf. And so some of you need to get some wisdom about you. And there are some things that you just keep to yourself until you recognize whether they're for you or against you. There are some things that you need to keep close and tight and not tell anybody until you know that you know that you can trust them. Because if you don't use wisdom, 
they will destroy you. Anybody been through that before? Okay. I see some nods. Some of you are scared to nod. You're like, we make it easy on our enemy. God is saying use wisdom. So we have to open our eyes. We have to open our ears. We cannot afford, uh, afford to miss warning signals and signs. A close strike is the most painful and can be fatal strike. And so we've got to judge the people that are close to us and who we let close to us and use some wisdom about us. So if, if the truth is, is that we can't be paranoid and we can't be untouchable, and if the truth is, is that people are trying to get close to us that are on an assignment from the enemy to destroy us, how do we discern who is a wolf and who's a sheep? If we do a sheep lineup this morning, how can we pick out in the lineup who is the sheep and who is the wolf? Because some wolves look woolly but they're still a wolf. And so how do I pick them out and know? Can I help you this morning? I'm going to give you some instructions this morning that if you'll learn these steps right here, it will save you a lot of pain. The first way that you can pick out a, a, a wolf, you've got to learn how they work. And so the way that you can learn out uh, and dis- discern whether a wolf is a wolf is this. Number one, they will prey on, weak, on the weak. A wolf will always go after the weakest member. And because that is true, it is important to know where you stand. You've got to, if you're going to be able to discern who's a wolf and who is a sheep, you have got to have enough discernment to do an estimation and an evaluation of your own life. And you've got to ask yourself some questions like, am I weak? Have I gone through a tough season? Has this been a hard few months for me am I am I weak right now am I am I in pain right now because the truth is is if you are weak newsflash if you are weak right now then your picture is somebody's bullseye because your enemy knows when you're weak and your enemy will go after you and you will become target number one. And so I want you to wake up this morning and do an honest self-evaluation and ask, my, ask each of yourself, am I weak right now? Because if the answer is yes, then I've got to be aware. And there's some questions you need to ask. You've got to know some information. You need to ask yourself this question. Where am I weak? You got to know your own weaknesses. What is my weakness? What do I have a tendency toward? What do I do when I'm feeling pressure? You need to know all this because your enemy knows what you do when you're weak. Isn't it kind of ironic that when you're really at a weak moment, that one image comes across the screen that is your weakness? How does that work? Isn't it ironic that at your weakest moment, that, that person that has that ability to pull you down, they haven't called you in eight months, but at your weakest moment, they just happen to call you. The wolf knows when the victim is weak. Isn't it interesting that when we're at our weakest, that thing that is our Achilles heel, if you will, becomes available to us. We have to know where we are weak. The second thing that we've got to know is we've got to know to whom we are weak. I'm going to help somebody here because you need to understand that there are people that you just can't afford to hang around when you're weak. 
Oh, when you're, when you're doing well, when, when there's money in the bank account and you're glowing in the dark because you're so spiritual and everything you touch turns to gold and glitter falls out of the sky just because you got out of bed, when on those days you can handle anybody. But there are days of your life where there are some people that they are your kryptonite. You cannot afford to hang around them at your weak moment because at your weakest moment, somehow, some way, they have the right word and the right influence to destroy you. And so there are moments in your life you got to know who you can hang around and who you can't when you're weak. Are y'all with me this morning? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You got to do some evaluation because there are some people that will feed your failure. And there are some, some people that will feed your funk. You ever been in a funk? They will feed that for you. They push your buttons. So that, that means that, uh, if you will, if you argued with your spouse on the way to church this morning, I know y'all never do that, but just in case, y'all ever argue with your spouse or maybe it's been a really bad week and you feel your relationship becoming strained, it's during those seasons that you can't afford to keep hanging around that thing that you find attractive. You've got to know to whom you're weak. And you've got to cut that influence out of your life during those seasons. When you're healthy again, it might be all right to hang out with them, but not while I'm weak. That means I can't receive their email. I can't respond to their text. I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm not going to answer their friend request. I'm not going to do anything that puts me at exposed to them at my weak moment. So we've got to know where we're weak. We got to know to whom we're weak, and we got to know when we're weak. You got to do some evaluation and understand that there are certain seasons and times that you are going to be weak. For instance, if if uh, for, for me, I, I've come to do some self evaluation. I, I know this is true for most of the preachers I talk to. I'm usually at my weakest uh, sometime about eight to ten hours after I preach, because preaching drains me emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And at that moment, if I'm not careful, I'm at my weakest. That's true for worship leaders when they worship. It's true for you. There are certain moments and seasons of your life where you're going to be weak. Everybody has weak seasons. Y'all don't look at me like that. I don't glow in the dark either. There are days that I have bad hair days, more days than not actually, but there are bad days in my life too. All of us are in this together. There are bad moments, weak moments, and we got to know when they are so that rather than vegging out on the couch, let me paint you a scenario. This is like, this is what we like to do. I had a rough day at work. I just want to come home and I just want to sit down on the couch and eat bonbons and do nothing. I just want to veg out. I don't want to think. I don't want to respond. The only problem is, is that is your weak moment. That is not the moment to let down. That is not the moment to drop your guard because at that moment, the enemy will come against you and attack you because he knows when you're weak too. And so we've got to know when we are weak. So the wolves prey on the weak. And so we have to build safeguards into our life. We have to put boundaries up to deal with our weak times and weak moments. But there's some other things you need to know about the wolves quickly. You can pick out a wolf in a sheep lineup because a wolf will divide and conquer. 
They isolate and monopolize sheep. One of the easiest ways to discern if somebody is a wolf in sheep's clothing is if they monopolize your time and they divide you from healthy relationships in your life. If they have to have all of your attention all of the time, and if they want you to listen to them and them only, if they can only have one friend at a time, they're not a sheep. They're a wolf. Because wolves conquer and divide. And so if there are people, I don't care how woolly they may look, and I don't care how sheepy they may sound, if they have to have all of your attention all of the time, you better wake up and recognize that they're a wolf. Romans teaches us, Paul instructs us in Romans, that we should mark those people who drive wedges or divisions between us and the other folks in the body, and we mark them as an enemy. Are y'all here? Y'all quiet this morning. I hope you're learning some intelligence training. If there are individuals, even in this church, that are trying to isolate you from all the other believers of this church, you need to cut them off because they're a wolf. That's why in the New Testament we're told that we are to run this race surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Not a cloud of witness, singular. A cloud of witnesses. We are not... Intended to run this race isolated. That's why in the Old Testament the Bible says that there's wisdom and success found in a multitude of counselors. He's teaching us that a wolf specializes in isolation because they understand that if they can isolate you, they can destroy you. Third, a wolf or wolves operate in a pack. You need to know that because this is how it plays out. If you can discern the presence of, your, of a wolf in your life, you can be guaranteed that they are working on gathering other wolves because just like sheep hang out with sheep, guess who wolves hang out with? Wolves. And if you give them an opening into your life, if you give them information about your life, if you give them an entrance into your heart, they will, I can guarantee you, gather other wolves because wolves run in packs. They will divide you from the, the flock. They will find other people that will support their views, their beliefs, and they will try to get, gain entry into your life for those folks as well. Am I helping anybody this morning? I just want to make sure you understand that wolves are gathering. It's not just a lone wolf coming after you. They will get entry into your life and then they will open the door behind them and let other wolves in. And you can almost always spot them because they will begin to play off of one another and attack your belief system and your convictions and what God says. They will dismiss that for what they want to say and they'll bring other people and say, oh yeah, he was right. He was telling you right. And it's just a pack. Anybody ever felt ganged up on? Wolves. Sheep don't gang up on nobody. I never saw a gang of sheep anywhere. I never seen a pack anywhere. I see a flock of sheep, but I've not seen a gang of sheep. Wolves gang up and attack. Here's another one. Number four, wolves are in constant struggle for control. A wolf will, buy, will bark out against any form of rule, any form of control, any form of standard. They are constantly in a struggle for and fighting for control of their own lives, of your life, 
and of other lives. They want control. See, sheep are content in the pasture. But wolves like high places. Y'all looking at me like you don't understand. I'm just, I'm just telling you that a wolf will try to gain control of your life. They will attack you. They will attack your belief system. They will try to gain entrance into your life. And they will struggle to gain control so that you will begin to do what they say to do when they say to do it. I can usually spot a wolf immediately by the fact that they will rail against all beliefs, all thoughts, all convictions, all opinions, and all rules except the ones they create. Oh, that's a wolf. That's what they do. They struggle for control. And then finally, I want to tell you this morning that wolves howl and they bite. That's what a wolf does. You can discern a wolf by their howl and the fact that they are constantly biting. If the person you are hanging around or who you have allowed to get influence in your life is always railing against somebody, if they're always complaining, if they're always criticizing, if they're always fighting, if they're always inflicting pain, if they're always on the offensive, if they're always caustic, if they're always abrasive, if they're always hurtful, then they are not a sheep. They are a wolf. Because wolves howl and they bite. Ever met anybody in your life? Probably not just me. I'm the only one. I've only met. I'm the only one that's ever met anybody that was always angry at somebody, that was always critical of somebody, that always knew what was right, that always dismissed everybody else. And it's my way or the highway. Y'all ever met anybody like that? Don't nod if they're sitting next to you, because that's a wolf. That is a wolf. So how do we handle wolves? Jesus made it very clear that as we walk through this journey called life and this relationship with him, he was not going to allow us not to come into contact with wolves. In fact, he said, you're going to be exposed to them on a daily basis. And not only that, they're going to look like sheep and they're going to act like sheep and they're going to dress like sheep. They're going to know when to raise their hands like sheep. They're going to know when to pray like sheep. They're going to know when to dance like sheep. They know when to say amen like a sheep is supposed to know when to say amen. Amen? Okay, just was checking. So how, if that's the case, or what if that's the case, do we do about wolves? If we cannot escape them, then how do we handle them? Two things, then I'm done. The prescription is that we run to the shepherd and we run into the sheepfold. That is how we deal with wolves. The safest place for a sheep to get is as close to the shepherd as they can get. You're your safest when you're next to the shepherd. David said in Psalm chapter 23 and verse 1, The Lord is our shepherd. 
And then I love verse 5. He comes back and he says, I'm going to read it my way. I'm going This is my summary, and you know it because you could quote it as, in the presence of my enemies, he prepares a table. Well, I just like it like this. The shepherd nurtures and nourishes me in the presence of my enemies. I got to get close to him because I recognize that you got to get this picture. He's saying in verse 5, he sets me up for success. He sets me up for victory. He sets me up for deliverance. He sets me up for nourishment. He sets me up to be nurtured right in the face of my enemies. He doesn't say that there won't be any enemies. He just says, I'm such a good shepherd that even when it makes them mad and they don't like it, right in front of their noses, I'll set a table for you. Jesus goes on. He says in John chapter 10, verse 11, he says this about himself. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. If we want to deal with the wolves in church and out of church, the best way to deal with them is to get as close and stay as close to the shepherd as we can possibly get. Because Jesus goes on and he says this about himself, and I think we misunderstand it. He says, I am the door. What does that mean? We think it dealing with salvation, and it may. But Jesus lived in the day and in an environment where everywhere they looked and everywhere they turned, they saw shepherds and sheep on every hillside. And he knew something. He was painting a word picture for us that we've got to catch. If you don't catch anything else I'm going to say, please catch this this morning. Jesus said, I'm not only the good shepherd, I am the door. What he's doing is he recognizes that you can still go through Israel today, I'm told, and I'll look on the hillside and you'll see these crude structures made out of brush and debris and rocks. And they're kind of almost a little more than a semicircle and there's a gap. It's a little corral, if you will. And at night, as the shepherd is moving from pasture to pasture, in order to protect his sheep, he would form one of these little half-circle corrals with this gap, and he would lead the sheep into that corral. And then when the sheep had bedded down, the shepherd would stretch out and lay in that gap in that opening and literally become the door. Stating by his actions that, yes, I'm keeping the sheep in, but hear me this morning, uh, as I lay my body down, my body has become a barrier by which if the enemy, if the wolf wants to destroy the sheep, he's got to go through my body to get to the sheep. I came to ask you a question this morning. Why is it that when we're, we're most hurt, and we're in the most pain that we run away from the body. Why is it when we're being the most attacked and we're being the most destroyed and we're most surrounded by wolves, why is it at that moment that the very thing that God has assigned to protect us, the very thing that's supposed to stand between us and the enemy is the one thing that we avoid more than any other thing? Why is it the day, on the day that we've had the worst week or the worst month of our life, why is it that day that we decide to stay home when Hebrews tells us that we should not forsake the gathering together of ourselves? Because it is that, at that moment that we become our strongest. The enemy understands that Jesus has placed his body between us 
and the enemy. I came to tell you this morning that there may be wolves in here. I don't know. We've got to discern correctly. But I do know this. There are some sheep in here. And if you want to deal with the wolves in your life, then God has placed you in this body to provide protection for you, to provide a barrier, a, a, a stopgap between you to keep the wolf off of your back. You're not supposed to run away from one another. You're supposed to run to one another. Sheep were never called to be solitary animals. They're supposed to run in a flock. We need one another. I, a couple uh, last week, I posted a statement on Facebook and took some flack for it. I made the statement that I was looking for lifers. I wanted people because see, there are people that come to church and church for seasons, and some people come to church for reasons. They come because they have an agenda. There are some people that come to church for a lifetime. I just happen to be looking for lifers. I took some heat. Man, I started getting all kinds of comments. Interestingly enough, those that ridiculed my statement that God assigns us. That's what I said. I said God assigns us to certain houses. They begin to ridicule that and question it. Interestingly enough, none of the folks that attacked that, none of them belong to any church. Imagine that. Wolves. I want to tell you this morning, whether it be this body or some other body, you are not called to be a lone sheep. You have been placed by God in a body so that we can run to your rescue. And at the moment that the wolf is about to destroy you, we are able to step in and fight. Because I want to tell you something. I need some Lambos. You know what a Lambo is? It's a sheep that knows how to fight. Some of y'all get that this afternoon. Look, I can't fight by myself. You can't fight by yourself. I need you to come up behind me and get my back. I'm here to get your back. We're supposed to be here to guard one another's back. I need some sheep that know how to bite back. I need some sheep that know how to pull out a sword and go to, the, to war against the wolves. I need some sheep that know how to get the word out and go to reading and claiming God's promises. I need some sheep that know how to get on their knees and pray when the praying is necessary. And the only place that that happens is in the sheepfold. I'm so thankful for the technology that we have. But I just want to be real honest with you. Watching on the internet is not going to protect you like you should be protected. Because how can I tell if you're being attacked if I can't see you? How do I know you got teeth marks in you? Anybody ever had any teeth marks? How do I know if you got teeth marks in you? Unless I can see the blood for myself. So I just challenge you this morning. The next time you want to sleep in on when you've had a bad week, get here. There are sheep waiting on you. I just want to tell you that when your marriage is falling apart, come join the sheepfold. Because there are people assigned here to watch your back. I just want to tell you when you're going through a financial struggle, you need to come hang out with some sheep. Because we're kind of sheepy here. And we will, we will surround you and rally around you 
and guards you. And Jesus will say, over my dead body, will I let the enemy get in? So if you want to deal with the sheep, get as close to the sheep as you can get. Where do you find the shepherd? Come on, this is not rocket science. Where do you always find the shepherd? As close to the sheep as he can stay. So if you want to get in touch with the shepherd, guess where you ought to be hanging out? With the sheep. Life will be a lot better. Things won't be so bad. I'm sorry. I'm corny. I'm just corny that way. Y'all should have seen it coming a mile away. You knew I had to work it in there somewhere. You want the bad news? Wolves have been assigned to you. You want the good news? So have a bunch of mean sheep. Not mean to one another, but mean to the enemy. I want you to stand with me this morning. I wished I could tell you that everybody loved you. And that everybody was out for your good. But I'd be lying to you. What I can tell you. Is that Jesus is drawing sheep into this house. And these sheep are committed. To guard your back. I want to pray over you. And then we're going to do something a little different. Before we go into the baby dedication. And. We're going to pray for one another. Father, I ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you would teach us how to be wiser than our enemies. I pray that we would go on wolf alert and we would begin to evaluate our lives and the lives of those people that we are allowing into our lives. And you would give us the discernment necessary to know the difference between those who are trying to hurt us and those who are assigned to help us. Give us wisdom, oh God. When that wolf comes to strike and when that wolf continues to howl and when that wolf begins to try to bite, God, I pray that you would give us the wisdom to know how to handle him. Help us to run to you, oh God and run into your body and find safety and covering in Jesus name every head up every eye open we can't help if we don't know you're hurt we can't be the ones that offer healing unless we know that you're sick if you're here this morning you just say Steve uh, I'm in a weak moment. It's been a tough season. I feel like I am being attacked. I feel like I'm surrounded. I feel like wolves are at my heels. I don't know what to do. I'm in pain. It's a fight. That's how I feel. If that's you, would you just quickly raise your hand and just keep it up? Yeah, there's one. Anybody else? Keep them up. Keep them up. All right, sheep. It's time to be sheepy. This is what I want you to do. Keep those hands up. If you're standing around one of our fellow sheep, 
I want you to surround them right now. Get hands on them. Completely surround them. Come on, you're going to have to move out from where you're sitting. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you to the right person to pray for. Just surround them completely right now. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. They feel like they're being attacked. It's our job as sheep to guard their back. Let's pray. Father, right now, we bring our fellow sheep to you. God, they have said boldly and bravely that they feel like they're under attack, that the enemy is working overtime on them. They're in pain. They're discouraged. God, I pray that right now as other sheep are ministering to them, that courage would come back into their life and they would understand that they are completely and totally surrounded because we're making a commitment by laying hands on them right now, God, that we won't just pray for them now. We will begin to pray for them on a daily basis until they're strong again. We will begin to offer them healing on a daily basis until they're strong again. We surround them with love and concern prayer and we commit before you oh God that we will defend them we will guard them we will love on them until they are strong Father I pray that you would allow this flock to become just that a flock a body a group of believers that care for one another and work for one another and love on one another and minister to one another and we will be quick to discern who the sheep are. God, we pray for these fellow members that are struggling today. Infuse them with courage and strength and provision and healing. And may they be drawn to the shepherd and drawn to the sheep. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you tell that person you're praying that you pray? It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 